Hello, and thanks for listening to this podcast in association with Hastings Independent Press. My name is Damien Pestel, and I help people tell their stories through business. To find out more, please visit beyourbusiness.co.uk. So today I'm with Penny Williams. Penny runs Blush Beauty and Hair and has had a very interesting career. She is also an artist and creates amazing artworks, which she's been producing all throughout lockdown and the last year. Um, She was a primary school teacher, a lifestyle and fashion journalist, and she also tried to emigrate once. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm really, really happy to be here with Penny today um, to talk to her about her career and how what she's done and what she does now is a reflection of of her and and what gives her energy. Um, So Penny, um, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me into your lovely home. It's a pleasure. Um, With fantastic views. Yes, Um, we're very, very lucky. Yes, it's absolutely amazing. You wouldn't believe you're 10 minutes from Hastings. No. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, (laughs) You were talking in the background. So Penny, um, tell us about... um, Tell us about Blush Beauty, first of all. Um, so I am predominantly a makeup artist and hairstylist, and I generally work in events, so mainly weddings. Um, I also do makeup lessons, proms, photo shoots. Yeah. Um, but because I base myself around this area due to the children having to do the school runs, I can't really do much in London. So yeah. the sort of photo shoot aspect has stayed fairly kind of low key. I do local ones. Um, but that's why I've concentrated on weddings and actually they're so lovely to work at. Um, yeah. it's a real, it's a real pleasure to be involved in them. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. And what is it about the, the business? So you're doing weddings and photo shoots when they're, when they're happening. Yeah. And what, what is it about that, that type of work, which you, which you really love? I think for me, the, I just love making people feel good about themselves so in general life friends random people on the street who i you know like their clothes and i will go up and tell them um and with making people feel at their most beautiful and radiant and confident and i think you know a lot of people think beauty is quite frivolous um and unnecessary uh, but actually the way I see it is that it gives people such self-confidence and changes the way they walk, changes the way they talk to people. Um, it's just, it's massive for women and I think it's really underrated. Yeah, okay. So it's really about helping people to believe in themselves and... Yeah, just just making them feel at their best and giving them that base to really kind of come, have the confidence to come out of themselves and shine. Yeah, oh wow, that's amazing. And do you go to people's, so you, you'll go and help people before their wedding, get yes. all set up? Yeah, so I'll be there on the wedding morning, which is really special. Um, normally, most people, because you're there all morning, most people want you almost to be part of the part of the bridal party, really. So it's yeah. really nice. It's all women. Um, you get to have a really good laugh. Um, see some really beautiful relationships, sisters, yeah. friends, mums and daughters. Yeah. It's just a real 
privilege to be allowed into that really special time that doesn't happen very often. And, and yeah. it's, it's just such a lovely morning. And, and, you know, until you've experienced it, you don't, don't really understand that kind of feeling of togetherness and sisterhood that you get on a wedding morning. But it's, it's really, really lovely. It sounds a bit more than a, you know, it doesn't even really sound like a job. It sounds no. like... It sounds like a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. So it's like socialising and... Absolutely. And, you know, there are parts that I whinge about, like getting up at 4am sometimes is, you know, not not too much of a pleasure. But um, always, even if I've got up at 4am, when I get to the wedding, it's such a lovely, a lovely day um, that it's, you know, it's a small complaint. Um, So, yeah, no, and that's what I wanted from a career. I didn't want to go to work every day feeling miserable and it being a job that I kind of had to do and, and almost like a chore. I yeah. wanted a job that I loved and I was happy to go and do and every day would, or every job would be different. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't, wouldn't so it's get the, bored. So it's the variety, it's the informality and it's the, it's the really the helping people and making them feel really good and having that effect on them is, yeah. is, is what you really love. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, a lot of, in our parents' generation, it was, you know, you got a job to pay the bills. And um, I know my parents were of the opinion that if you didn't love your job, then it was tough, really. That, you know, that the, you didn't need to love your job. A job Gr- was a job. Grin and bear it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, from my point of view, you're at your job five days a week at least, um, and for most of your waking hours. So if, for me not to enjoy my job and to just be stifled and feel miserable was just something I didn't think I would be able to bear for, you know, however long, 40, well, it would be longer than 40 years by the time yeah. we get to retirement age. Yeah, I don't really know how people do that, to be honest. No. And, yeah, I think me and you and I are of the same opinion there, and I think a lot of people are waking up that a job should be and their work should be more about them and less about just the money mm. and security. Although those have their place, of course. Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, I'm really lucky that to be in a position where I can um, follow my dream. You know, my husband, when I was talking about setting up the business, he said, look, I can afford to support us for now. So go and do it. Whereas if I'd been a single mum or on my own, I, I wouldn't have had that. I wouldn't have had that opportunity. So I do feel very privileged. Yeah. Um, but I also think it's, you know, it's so important to love your job. And, and you know, we've all done jobs we hate. Um, I worked in a chicken excrement fertilizer factory one summer, but that really brought home to me that I didn't want to hate my job for the rest of my life because it, you know, bored me to tears. So, yeah, I just think if, if you... If you are entrepreneurial enough and you have the opportunity to develop a business around what you love, then then I think you should go for it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And yeah, that sounds like a horrible job. It was. It wasn't great. <laughs> I did something similar, actually. Um, and what is that entrepreneurial spark? I guess it's not... I guess it's wanting to be successful, not necessarily financially, um, although that's part of it, but wanting to feel like you've made a success of yourself, made a difference. Um, 
and just and not wanting to kind of sit on your laurels and and just let life pass you by but wanting to grab it and, and really, do things that excite you yeah really create a life which is, yeah, is exactly. yours yeah no no i completely agree with that and you spoke about how um you didn't want to do work that you that you hated because you couldn't do that and we spoke before we started recording that you have been on a journey. Yes. <laughs> a varied one. Yeah. So can you tell us about how you, how you got to where you are? Like what's le- maybe the, yeah. the main points that have led you to here? Um, so I always wanted to be a makeup artist. So from the age of six, my cousin's girlfriend was, a, was really into beauty. She was about, I don't know, 15 at the time. She always used to give me her... Um, the, the makeup that she'd thrown out and I absolutely loved it my mum was not into beauty at all um so I'm not quite sure where it's come from but I am academic um I went to a very good private school um that was you know we we had art and dance and all the rest of it but it it was very much focused on the academics and um when I said to my parents that I wanted to do beauty my dad turned around and said, that's for thickos. They were his words. And it's not very nice. like, right. Um, so I'm an only child and girls listen to their daddies, of course. Um, <laughs> and school had written home and said that I should apply to Oxbridge. Wow. Um, so so I, you really were smart. Yes. Or you really are smart. It's not well, fun, hopefully it? I haven't lost it. Um, So I did apply to Cambridge um, to do English and completely flunked my interview, just did the most ridiculous interview um, and didn't get in, which I found out on my 18th birthday. Um, But actually, that was a good thing because I don't think I would have coped mentally with the... Because I I wouldn't have been the brightest there. Yeah. Um, And I think I... I mean, I had a lot of mental health issues anyway um, as a teenager and at university. So I think Cambridge probably would have tipped me over the edge. Um, So I went to Leeds um, and did English and absolutely loved it. And Leeds was great because you could take modules in other subjects. So I've danced since I was two. So I've danced for 37 years. Um, And I did dance modules. I was head of dance society at Leeds. Um, I did law modules. I did French literature modules. So just a real variety, which was really great. Um, and then I left university and I worked for a local lifestyle magazine. I wrote the whole thing every month and edited it. And then I got headhunted by a PR company that specialised in hair, PR and um, fashion. And I went on quite a few of their photo shoots and hung out with the makeup artists. And I just thought, this is where I want to be. Just loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, and my parents separated, um, when I was 23 and it was, uh, it was, it was fine, but it, it was just one of those periods in your life when sort of everything kind of falls apart a bit and you just want to escape. Um, so I decided to emigrate, um, because I like making snap decisions and then just going for it. Um, and we have family out there and, uh, but six weeks before I was due to emigrate, I came down to Hastings to say goodbye to my friend and we got last minute tickets to the battle proms and my husband was there. (laughs) So we, uh, saw each other about three times and I fell head over heels and, you know, in usual penny style. And he told me not to be ridiculous. 
um, about the whole thing. Uh, he'd just come out of a long-term relationship and he said, because I said, oh, I won't go to Australia, I'll stay here. And he said, no, go, because of what I don't want you to do is not go, things not work out and then you regret it. Yeah. So he said, go, but travel. And um, so I did. And we'd said if we were in contact in three months, I'd come back. Yeah. So we were. So I came home and moved down here. Sounds and then like there was... you had your best interests at heart. Yes. Right? Yeah. Which was yeah, nice. Which My was parents nice. obviously instantly loved him because he'd brought their only child back from the other side of the world. Yes. So yes. Yes. Instant popularity yeah. with the in-laws. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then there was nothing in the area at the time in PR or writing. So I didn't want to travel to Brighton every day. I had a couple of interviews in Tunbridge Wells, but the, the drive was just so horrendous. I just thought I can't, I just can't do that every day. So I went into teaching and did my primary teaching um, course uh, and loved the teaching aspect. Um, loved being creative with the kids. I always taught year six, so top end of primary, so you can yeah. have a laugh with them. You know, I did um, Shakespeare and Dunn and Keats with them. I really pushed them. I took the, the you know, the real gifted kids and we did extra stuff. Yeah. It just It was just immerse them in it. Um, but unfortunately, the 70-hour weeks um, were just horrendous and... In the holidays, I took about two to three weeks off a year, and the rest of the holidays, I was still worked fifty-hour weeks to keep up. Oh. Um, it's and is that ex is that you know implicitly expected? Yes, it is, and you don't know it unless you know someone who's a teacher because you think we get twelve weeks off a year. Yeah, and you know do nine thirty till three or nine till three. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's bonkers. Um, so you and followed your energy with that to. Because you know, the way you described the things you loved there did sound like that came from a really good place yeah. and that was that was you. Yeah. But and it and it was great. And um I you know, I went into it as most teachers do, wanting to make a difference. Um and I know I changed one girl's life. Um she came to me self harming at ten, wanting to kill herself, mm. not refusing to do anything in school. Um, and she left me happy and getting on with it. And her mum wrote me a lovely letter saying, you've changed my daughter's life, oh, wow. blah, blah, blah. And there was another kid who I still wonder what happened to him, who I loved, a uh, traveller kid, um, oh, who I incredible. turned around. So I, I kind of, I, you know, I did it for four years and I kind of think I, if I've changed, if I turn two kids around, that that's fine. Yeah. But in the meantime, we got married. I wasn't getting pregnant. Um, and it was just stressful. I was crying every day before work. I didn't want to go in. I was getting migraines yeah, I've most had, days. Um, I've had a job that I've really hated. And what's that feeling like? It's awful, just isn't it? Just the dread. It's the... awful, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's, it's kind of like, I don't know what it was like with you, but with me, it was a very slow kind of effect. Like, I didn't realise when I changed and yeah. when my life turned into something I really didn't like anymore. No. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm really unhappy. Yeah. Was it like that for you? Yes, it was. And I think also at the beginning of my teaching career, I was really enthusiastic and, you know, wanted to, you know, we did the Egyptians and I built, I did, I covered my door in paper and they had to burst through and then crawl under a tunnel. Nice. And then I'd 
it, um, the caretaker had made this massive sarcophagus and I'd filled it with jewels and gold coins and they had to excavate it and all like I've done this you know and then it got to my fourth year and I was I just didn't I just didn't want to do any of it I was just tired and jaded yeah. and the kids were hard work yeah. um, and unappreciative as kids are um, <laughs> and yeah my husband said look go for what you want to do set up your business I can afford to support us for now if you fall pregnant you won't want much work in me obviously with a baby and you won't have much work initially so that would actually be a good yeah. time to set up a business so I handed one out to sin fell pregnant a week later that's funny isn't it yeah. I mean that's amazing that's the stress that's the stress yeah um, I was going to ask you about that yeah and that was that and my dad my my parents both said to me at the time you're absolutely mad you're going from a job with a good pension and you know good holidays um, and good prospects and good money and you're doing something where you might completely fail um, and a job isn't about enjoyment a job's about earning money yeah. and why why should you enjoy your job when most people just go to work to earn money and I said yes but why shouldn't I why shouldn't I enjoy my job yeah um, and anyway few years on, about three years on, my dad said, I just want to take my hat off. You're really successful. I'm really proud of you. And I can now see that beauty is not for thickos because yeah. you set up your business, you do your own PR, you know, it's, it's only a business is so much more than doing your job. Yeah. Um, and well, that's beautiful. Like, I mean, very hard that you had to, you know, you had to fight so hard yeah. to get them to actually recognize you mm. in a way yeah and that's, that's familiar to me as well <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's tough and it's just the conditioning and you know my parents aren't um creative so they don't really understand it either no and that's that's the difficult thing whereas i'm very different i'm very emotional i'm very hot on my sleeve um yeah very impulsive yeah yeah and um, what was what was that like starting your business then? I mean, obviously it was great that you had your husband's support and yes. you could you could you could get that going because I guess that's a lot that's a thing that holds a lot of people back is is the fear and you know what's going to happen if you know if, if I don't get any work. Yeah. Well, I kind of thought if it goes wrong, I can go back to teaching, and also I I've got. A million transferable skills so I will always find yeah. something to do like if I you know if, if I broke my back tomorrow and I couldn't do I couldn't stand up to do weddings well I'd do something else I just because I, because I don't want to sit sit and do nothing and that's what happened in Covid yeah. you know we were completely shut down for a year and a lot of the industry the wedding industry sat down and went oh I've got no work I can't do anything I can't pay my bills I can't do this I can't do that and I get it because I did do that to start off with and it was horrendous but then I thought well hang on a minute what can I do yeah um can still do online teaching started painting um it was a great time of um obviously it was it's been difficult <laughs> to yes. say the least <laughs> But I think it was an amazing time for uh, being adaptable yeah. and actually listening to to other parts of ourselves. Mm. 
and I've spoken to a few people who actually found that it was the time to do what they always wanted. Yeah. Or do something which they wouldn't have done otherwise. Mm. So it kind of worked as a as a really great a great thing. Yeah. Um, and so you went in. Sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say I think it was it was really hard because I, I think people were either busier than they'd ever been before, if particularly if they had children. Yeah. And um, with all the homeschooling was just a nightmare. It was really difficult. Or people were bored, and and I and I just remember listening to some of the particularly older people saying they were bored and thinking, my goodness, there's so much you could learn. So many new skills, new crafts, just just so much that I would yeah. do if I wasn't sat at a kitchen table trying to get my children to do their home learning. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, it was, it's just been a nuts. Yeah. Nuts, yeah. Yeah, there's always, obviously when those bad things happen, there's always opportunity, isn't yeah. there, in that? I always think that. And it sounds like, I wanted to ask you before I ask you about the art, that there's been a lot of kind of, I want to use the word serendipity, is that the right word? I think it is. In your career yes. and in oh, your yeah. life, you know, you've said no to something, something else has yeah. happened. Yeah. But is... I think, um, I definitely think that. I always think something, everything happens for a reason. And that's why I'm not afraid to be impulsive because it always works out in some ways. And sometimes, I mean, obviously, I make massive errors of judgment. However, it, it 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 always works around. It always comes around, and I think we're we're so conditioned to follow a path, not listen to our hearts and what makes our soul sing, but you know, focus on wealth and um, career success yeah. rather than internal feelings of just fulfilment. Yes. Um, yeah, and that's but but I think that's why people ignore things and they don't they don't follow the hearts and, yeah. and so they don't they just don't they don't their paths don't go where they should have gone. Um, yeah, and what what is that thing that we say? You know, our gut, our soul, our heart. What what was that thing for you? What how did you know to to make those decisions at those times? Was it like just a feeling? Was it, yeah. yeah, I literally get. Something comes into my head and says, right, you need to do that. And I'll just do it. So I was literally in bed one night when I lived, I was living with my mum and something said, just have a great, just go. Yeah, And the, the next day I booked my flight. Completely out of the blue. Yeah. And next day I was like, I'm going. And my mum sort of looked at me and then I think she's like, oh God, yeah, of course she is. <laughs> <laughs> All right then, and credit to my parents, they never once asked me to stay or said they didn't want me to go, nothing, because yeah. they, they know just to let me get on with it. Yeah. And I can, you know, I can see them rolling their eyes sometimes with some of the things I do. But, yeah. <laughs> well, I think, know. hopefully they've learned to trust you by now. Yeah. <laughs> it's just turned out pretty well, hasn't it? And um, so that, that's amazing, actually, like, that those things pop into your head and, and you just know what to do and you can trust that because I think we all have that but a lot of us don't don't trust it and yeah. I think the, what do you think about this concept the more you listen to those things and act on it the yeah. stronger they get yeah and the clearer it is yeah yeah absolutely and I get that with the art so when I started painting it was all very so I started with watercolors it was all very controlled and I was doing pet portraits and they did really well people go nuts over their animals and um I sold 85 between the April and the 
September. Wow. Um, bearing in mind, I've not painted for 22 years since GCSE art. So that was great, but it wasn't making my heart sing. And I have a friend um, who's an amazing artist. He's called Luke Hannum. He um, lives in Bree, works over in Rye. And he does really big paintings and he was kind of coaching me through and he was like, well, why don't you try some bigger pieces and try some acrylics? So I did, and I just found this love of abstract, which I'd never really got abstract. So I remember when I started talking to him, and I must have said some ridiculous comments, and um, and said that I thought abstract was just you know a load of rubbish and people just sort of splashing paint around. And he said, well, yes, it is, but look at it, look at the forms they've made, look at the the tones they've used, the colour contrast. There's a lot more to it than you're seeing. And so as I sort of began to become educated and learn about that, I started experimenting with it. And that's what I love. And so with the art now, I I don't do anything unless I feel compelled to make a mark. So sometimes I'll wake up and I'll be like, right, okay, I can see um, just like a big sweep of I don't know, like hot pink or something. And I'll just do that on my canvas and yeah. then I'll just leave it. And then I'll see another bit. Really? And it will just, yeah. So it, and then it evolves. And then sometimes I'll see a painting and I'll start it and then it would completely become something else. Mm. But I just, but the more I've done it, the more I feel what to do. And it's almost like someone else is, is doing it is through doing you. It. They're just telling you what to do yeah. and you do it. So it sounds a bit woo-woo. No, no, sounds no. A bit weird. No, no, I've heard about that. There's people but, who write stories, who yeah. create things, and, and they've had a similar experience yeah. where so actually they feel that they're just channeling something. Yeah. So I don't feel... Um, I, ha- I certainly haven't used that to its full capacity because, to be honest, I, I think I, I haven't quite learnt to relinquish the control as much as I need to to do that. However, I certainly do get the gut make this mark, use this tool, you know, these are the colours you need to use. Um, wow. So, yeah, it's it's quite exciting. I've heard about that, but I've never really spoken to anybody who's been doing it, so yeah. it's quite cool to speak to you about that. That's, a, that's incredible. And there's one of your paintings behind us? Yes. Yeah. So was that one of those that you followed your gut on? Yeah, so that started... Yeah, so that was different. So that was supposed to have more kind of form to it, but um, that came from dance, so that's called pirouette. So it was just thinking about, um, you know, sweeps of the arm and spinning and um, and how to kind of show that as a as a, um, a line. Yeah, I can see the and, I can see the dance movements. Yeah, in it. yeah, and and creating pieces that have movement to them. Yeah. So I don't I don't like to create a piece that is static i like yeah. to create a piece that has movement and right, flow yeah. and, and what does movement mean to you just i guess not being contained i think i felt is it, is it expression yeah and yeah. not being boxed in and just being able to express yourself and yeah um it's cool and i and i like i still you know, I'm 39 years old and I'll still, I'll go to a big space and if no one is there, I will pirouette, spin across the whole room. 
like I just feel the need to spit. I just spinning. It's just spinning. Yeah. Um, like kids do. Just yeah, yeah, need yeah. to move and yeah. Like yeah, it's it's definitely the freedom thing. Yeah. But it's a bit. It's it. It feels sometimes it feels a little bit. Um, inelegant to do it when you're not, you know, five. And and you think, oh, I should be a grown up by now. But I don't feel like a grown up. No, I think that's a, <laughs> I think that's a myth. I think we're all still children inside, really. Yeah. yeah. But some people do feel like grown. I talk to friends about it. I'm like, do you feel like a grown up? Really. But they they if they're not creative, they seem to. And if they are creative. They're still kids. Yeah, I don't know. I, obviously, I can't speak for anybody else. I just feel that they've kind of lost their only child if they do. Yeah. They're disconnected. I think, you know, maybe they need to do something they love. Yeah. Yeah. Go and, like, run around naked in the woods and howl at the moon. Whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exp- I think express yourself. <laughs> Create. Follow follow that thing. Um, okay, well, this has been amazing. I've loved the way it's flowed. It's been really brilliant. Um, <clears throat> so... Just to talk about you, have you got your exhibiting? Is the Southeast Studios? So Southeast Open Studios is happening. So it's oh crikey! So is that is that where your house is open and people come in? Yes. So oh, the artists, so it's across the southeast, are opening their studios. So some of them have got proper studios. Yeah, um, I've been to those before. Actually, they're great. Yeah, and yeah. some people are from home, um, and, and that, just yeah, letting people come in, talk to you. There, you know, there will be. Um, you know, people have their yeah. art to buy. Have you done that permission. before? No. Oh, you're looking forward to it? Yeah, I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared because I still have imposter syndrome. And also, which I'm not complaining about, but my paintings have been selling well recently. So I've sold about 15 in the last couple of months. But what it's meant is I don't have an awful lot left. And because weddings are up and running, beauty's up and running again. I don't have any spare time to do any more. So um, it, it's been a bit tricky, but I think I've got about 10. And at least people can see what you do and your range and, yeah. you know, all the rest of it. And that starts week after so next. It does. Which is the... Is the 9th of June, okay. I think. I Around know. the 9th. Let's Around just check that in case people want to... Yes. Go. So... Um, oh, crikey. So it is... Uh, I oh, think. beg your pardon, 7th of June 7th. is Monday. 7th to the... It runs for two weeks. So two weeks from the 7th of June. Yeah. 2021. Fantastic. Um, is there... I'm just trying to think if I've got any other questions. I don't think so. Is there anything else you'd like to share that you that you haven't said? I don't think so. Um, other than that, I just think if anyone's listening and they're sort of you know not not sure about what whether to follow their hearts i just it's just always worth a go and you can always go back yeah. to your desk job great if advice. it doesn't work out great advice follow your hearts okay so thank you very much penny pleasure thank you penny williams thanks for joining us and tell us about your story and everything that came with it thank you i'll be speaking I hope that you enjoyed this podcast brought to you by Be Your Business in association with Hastings Independent Press. 